Hello and welcome to PSG Review, the show guaranteed to be professional like PSG in Lyon, also known as the show with a smile on our faces, as big as Jackie Croning when announced as PSG player last week. What a truly joyous moment that was for our women's section. My name is Mikko, so good to have you with us and we have a really great show for you again today. We will have a quick debriefing of the Champions League match against Maccabi Haifa as well as our women's team. Our footballing advisor and the brains of the operation, if you will, Louis Campos, gave his first proper interview after an incredibly busy summer and we look into that as well. But the leading story is the Ligue match against OL on Sunday night. Yesterday, as I record, at Park Olympic Lyonnais, also known as the Krupama Stadium. Uh, Lyon hasn't had the best of time recently. I think that's fair to say. Last season they were league on eight with uh, no Champions League football for the second year in a row. Although last year they were in Europa League, but two years ago they were in the Champions League semi final. Of course, having knocked out no less than Juventus and Manchester City. But since that it's been less uplifting for their supporters and fan base. And for this season. They have a new ownership structure, even if Monsieur Alas is still running the show, uh, for now at least he is, and they have also relied on bringing back some aging former players like Alexander Lacassette from Arsenal and Corentin Tolisso from Bayern. The notable change in the starting 11th for us, for PSG, was the first start for Fabian Ruiz. Mm, he has had some minutes before, but never from the beginning of the match, and he did Really well, I felt, until he was substituted off. His lack of proper preseason means that he isn't a 90-minute player at this moment, but he's, he's working towards it. He took the place of Vitinha in the starting lineup, but other than that, the lineup in the kickoff was what you would expect it to be. And PSG started pretty well, good chances and domination, and OL was still finding its form. After five minutes, an absolutely wonderful team goal finished by Messi from Neymar assist. A genuinely really nice finish from a string of passes. It's very exciting to see that kind of football. And there were a bunch of other chances as well. Really good chances for various players. But you have to also give credit to OL defense as well as Lopez. Now. I'm not the biggest fan of Anthony Lopez and his kamikaze leaps to decapitate his opponents. He has done it to Mbappe before, he has done it to others a million times, and I'm not a fan of his work that much, but my goodness, he had a good match against us yesterday. Some chances uh, we had just weren't that well executed, you have to be fair, but some he really stopped. Really great saves there, and, and especially... There was a messy um, free kick that comes to mind that was just a, a really wonderful save by Lopez. But since one goal did go in, it was enough. And with three points from this match, a few days after a long trip to hot and humid land, and of course then the traveling to Lyon again, if I'm being brutally honest, this was pretty pretty good result and perhaps even more than I was hoping for. Well, never mind what I was hoping for. I was hoping for a big win, but I was prepared for an eventuality that things wouldn't go so well. This was always going to be a very tough match. Danilo was good against Lyon. Fabian Ruiz, like said, he showed a lot of promise and our front three was solid, even if our finishing was a bit so-so at Park OL. 
the rati was good but he took a little bit of a knock in the match uh, hopefully nothing too serious and since it is the international break so to be blunt it's probably more of a problem for italy than it is for psg uh, although i'm not sure what the diagnosis is but the updates should be coming soon but not quite in time for recording this episode of psg review All in all, I would say that we aren't yet rotating as much as it's needed during this long World Cup season. Galtier also said as much in the post-match interview, but we will undoubtedly get there after this international break. Or so I hope. Like said, tons of missed chances and OL was also working near our goal in the danger areas, but their pressure didn't really result in too many clear scoring chances. Uh, they were quite flimsy in getting any dangerous shot despite having the ball in all the right places from their vantage point at least. Right now for PSG there seems to be a lot of talk about the individual players in this team and how someone is great, someone is failing, someone is not passing the ball enough and these praises and complaints they may change between the players and between the match days. We have social media full of these screen grabs from match where all motion obviously has stopped and we say that the players who are still, for as long as we are looking at them because these are still images, that they should be giving the pass to this or that player, that more should be done in given situation, that there would be an option here or there. But football matches, they do not happen in stop motion. You can't just stop the game and and have a look around and write a think piece of what is the best thing to do. These players, you know, sometimes they don't see who is free. Sometimes they do, but they make a different choice. The matches are played in front of a, of, of a big stadium, uh, you know, where there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of things are happening there. And, and even if they see it, they have practically very little time to make the decision. Sometimes they make a wrong decision. That's just the nature of it all. And, and, and yes, There are sometimes issues. These players will want to score. Sometimes they can be a little bit reluctant to to pass the ball and they will demand the ball for themselves and they will be upset oftentimes when they are substituted and they are frustrated when they can't score a goal. But it is also something that happens in the heat of the moment. And we as fans or just observers of the game, we need to stop reading so much into it. It is not our job to make things worse with our endless end time speculations. Sometimes it feels like the fans, well, a certain segment of the fans want to be the first in line to predict one problem or another among the players. Messi and Neymar, of course, Mbappe, whose last season was so phenomenal that now if he doesn't score in one match, we're here dissecting it and wondering if he has lost his magic despite him having in the last month scored league on hat-trick UCL praise and a bunch of other goals. And of course, this unhealthy comparisons to Erling Holland, which is something that I, I really have very little time for. Let's just let these players be. We all might need to calm down anyway, quite a bit sometimes when it comes to these things. But this match against OL, let's get back into that. It was one of the most exciting, actually, yes, this is what I'm saying. It's the most exciting and entertaining 0-1 matches that I have seen in a while. Usually 0-1 matches can be a little bit nothing, but this had a lot of action. There were many opportunities and good, active and aggressive play. And if I have said it before in one or two previous episodes that the honeymoon is over and PSG isn't quite playing like the very early days of this season, this match in Lyon definitely was a vast improvement in my opinion. And of course, when we are saying that PSG isn't playing like we were playing in the very early days of the season of course also uh, the opponents are getting the hang of it how is their new style how what is the role of various different players so they come much 
better prepared than they did early, early days. But uh, in this match, BSG had come to play and setting aside a few missed chances here and there, the intent was there all the time. And in the end, our players get to go to the international break unbeaten on top of the table and back on track in terms of form. That's not too bad. Beside the league on, PSG, of course, is very much competing also in Europe, despite having had to travel outside of it to play their group stage match against Maccabi Haifa. This was a very labored win, a little bit of a lackluster first half against a team that was definitely more up for playing a match of their lives than our 11. In the end, it was a very professional win, the second out of two group stage matches as Neymar, Messi and Mbappe scored one goal each. When I say professional, I don't mean that the team was clicking, having fun and playing with a visibly huge passion. But what I mean is that they did what they have to do and turned up to do the work they are paid for. All contractual agreements and requirements were met for the most part, at least. And it was enough this time. I have to be fair here, the conditions to play were far from ideal. The heat, even at night, was 30 degrees Celsius. Uh, I don't speak Fahrenheit, but Google tells me that it's close to 90 uh, of those. And and the pitch was in a poor shape, which you can tell a couple of times when it compromised our run of play during this match. The travel is long, isn't there's all sorts of rigmarole when you are entering an apartheid country. These things sound a bit like excuses, but even Louis Campos was talking about it in the recent RMC interview. We will get to that, by the way, in a moment. I'm not getting too deep into the Champions League situation in this episode, but I did watch the Juventus and Benfica match highlights, and I feel like the two next matches which we are playing against Benfica are going to be very tough because they have some excellent forwards there, and our defensive identity crisis is somewhat continuing. And when I'm talking about the excellent forwards that Benfica have, Julian Traxler isn't necessarily one of those forwards that I'm mainly talking about, but even he scored a beautiful goal this weekend in Portugal. But if we can get full or even most of the points from those matches, we will be close enough to winning the group, but there is some time before any of that as the men have started the international break, which means that a lot of traveling is happening, some fatigue is going to come at also... We do have a couple of players, a handful of players who get to take a moment to focus on the matches ahead without distractions. The unchosen ones. Hopefully the others will be back without many or preferably any injuries and full of new momentum to meet the needs of club football once again. I made a mention that Luis Campos was talking at length at RMC last week on Friday. He was interviewed by our former PSG player Jerome Rothen. In his popular show Rothen, son flam about all aspects of PSG. Of course, a lot to do with the transfers and such, but not only limited to that either. We aren't going to have a full rundown, not by a long shot, but let's take a few quick points from it. In the last episode, I mentioned the rumor that the new Chelsea boss wanted Campos to come to London and do his work for him. Uh, Campos said uh, in this interview that he's committed to PSG for three years and this is a project he values a lot, essentially meaning, I guess, no to any move in the next couple of seasons, at least. Currently, he's denying any anything like that, but he looked like he, is, he, he sounded committed to, enough to PSG, I would say. It seems like forever ago, that we were speculating whether Zidane will be the next PSG coach. 
actually in June, that is not that many months ago, at times that seemed like a probable thing to happen. But according to Compass, who had started to work in the shadows earlier already before that, this was never the case. And that he rang Christoph Kaltier before he rang his own family. He kept repeating this line several times. Make of that what you will. So according to him, it was always that in mind when he entered this job that Kaltier would be the coach, that this would be the corporation that he was interested in doing, of course. These changes took time to formalize, but behind the scenes, he said that it was clear in time. Compass wasn't entirely happy with the transfer window because of loading. The players was a slow process and many of them left on loan, which made it harder to get all the players they wanted. The Skriniar deal was mentioned, but he wasn't the only defender they were talking to. But it's clear that for the back three system, we're quite light on the depth. That's not a, a controversial thing to say at all. And he was talking about how finances should not lead the way ahead of the footballing project, but because of the FFP, the financial fair play rules. This was a big consideration, especially during the early parts of the window, which started very well with Vitinha, but then there was too long break and one of the issues is that players like Soler and Ruiz came so late that their integration isn't yet where it should be while the season itself of course is in full speed and has been so for over a month. Campos noted that Neymar was never going to leave PSG despite all the rumors that's been around the world and also that this had not been something that Mappe had any opinions on. Um, I can already hear the global press and football platforms starting to type their apologies and corrections for all the news they have published about this matter. Yeah, not holding my breath. According to Compass, it is entirely unfounded and disconnected from the actual events. So there, that is the official version given to us about Neymar and Mbappe difficulties that were taking all the headlines. Well, many of the headlines not too long time ago. Campos also said that he would be open to extend contracts with Lionel Messi and Sergio Ramos. We'll have to see. Let's see how this season is going to go. And I think both of those might be more um, topical after the World Cup, even even if Ramos, whether he plays there or not. But I think that this is something that will happen in time. And maybe it's best to to give them a little bit of a time and, and, and let's see how things start going. All in all, quite interesting conversation with a lot of topics, varied, you know, range of subject matters that were covered. I was listening to it with my intermediate French and then checking out also the various summaries of it online, just to be sure that I got it right. Uh, I do like to listen to these people who don't speak French as their first language. I find it a lot easier because they speak more simply and slowly something that is easier for me. But Compass was also expressing himself very well as far as I'm considered. Good conversation all in all. Of course, it's good to remember that it's not the job of Compass to speak the truth here. I'm not saying that he's lying, not at all, but his job is to make sure that PSG as an organization, him specializing on the men's team mainly, actually only, but nevertheless, PSG as an organization is as well positioned as possible in the world of football. That is his job. This is not a confessional. He's not here to tell things exactly how they are. He's here to tell a version of events that will serve the purposes. And I'm not saying that it's not truthful. I'm just saying that it is the version, it's the official version. It's a version of events that 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 makes the most sense for the whole operation. 
because there's always an element of theater in these media events, or if not theater, maybe, you know, maybe that's the wrong word, but these are exercises in communication. His communication was well aligned with PSG sporting and business strategy, which have been carefully considered, I, I imagine. Compass is telling his version, the version he feels comfortable with sharing, and uh, that should do. That's the company line, what we need to know. And many of the answers were well prepared as they would be. You know, you wouldn't expect them not to be. But there were also times when he really had to think, for instance, when asked about Neymar and Messi not creating the fans after matches, he took a moment to reflect and said that there were some scars from the whistles and it will take time to heal. Fair enough. Sports and sports media anyway have this kind of somewhat troubled but also essentially symbiotic relationship where they both need each other's even though they might not always like each other's. I mean, often they do, but there are times when there's conflicts, but essentially they, they need each other's to exist. Uh, and this is kind of as close as we get to getting into all this action and insight uh, all, all in all compass comes across as a very sensible calm and quite measured man. And for the most part, I would say that these direct media get-togethers were also Leonardo's standout talent. He might not have the all-around aura to support it. His other behavior undermined it a little bit, but Campos, Campos did well with RMC. And we know he's good at his job. He's actually really, really great at his job. And he's also wanted by other top clubs. But he was also conducting himself very well here in his first proper interview as PSG's footballing advisor after an intense summer and the beginning of the project to transform what Forbes magazine reports as the fastest growing in value among the top 10 clubs in the football world. Life in the PSG women's camp is starting to find its groove, I certainly hope so. I mean, there's always one thing or another that causes some nervousness in my being when we talk about this team. I don't know if anyone can really summarize the feeling of how things are better than a great Italian philosopher and aphorist, Gennaro Catuso. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. It is what it is, but there's also a lot of hope in the air. I, I find certainly, I feel like we are in a good moment. And along may it last, as last week, PSG announced the signing of Dutch midfielder Jackie Cronen from Manchester United. The reports are suggesting that this could have been in exchange of 150,000 euros, which turns the page for our women's team as the way that it is run, you know, as the current sidekeist in the women's football is anyways, that teams aren't anymore waiting for the contracts to be finished and then signing players for free, which was, you know, the dominant practice for the longest time. But now the transfer fee has become a thing. It's become something that is considered slowly but surely. So who knows what the future holds and what kind of investments will be done by our PSG. But for now, it was Jackie Cronin. She is here to strengthen our midfield, which was in somewhat desperate need of strengthening, to be quite honest. And I feel like she more than makes up for the departure of Sarah de Brits. Uh, the proof will, of course, be on the pitch, but here's me crossing my fingers anyway. Her announcement was a joyful moment, also because she herself was full of smiles. It was really quite nice. Perhaps she always is. I don't know her that well. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know her personally at all. Of course I don't, but 
I don't know how she usually comes across in this kind of things, but but her excitement was very, very contagious and I'm very happy that we have her on our midfield. The women's section is starting to look pretty solid. I'm still hoping maybe for something a little bit, but even now we should be able to do the first half of the season without Katoto, the best striker in the women's football, I would say, uh, and she's going to be unavailable. So that's a little bit of a question mark who is going to be our goal scorer who's going to be our main goal scorer and and, and the target person but um but we will see ideally you know there would be an option there to to replace her uh, while she is injured and then of course you know the recuperation and just getting back to the form we don't know how long that is going to take but another thing is of course that we can also give an opportunity to some of our young players I mean Katoto was once a young player trying to come from behind of uh, Marilo Deli so you know you have to give opportunities for young players also to to become those world-class players and of course we signed the Icelandic striker Belling Turvalsdotter also so I don't know her level that well, but I imagine there's a reason why she was signed. And she too deserves her shot. You never know who is going to excel. Sometimes we look too methodologically uh, into the past and the statistics. What I mean is that we think that by looking at some numbers from the past, we can say exactly how things are going to go in the future. But players, they flourish in different environments and uh, next to different players by their side and within different systems, maybe just in a different city, maybe just in a different country, maybe just in a different culture, maybe they just needed something new. I'm not saying that the statistics are worthless because they are worth a lot, but at the same time, we have to be open to to things changing and, and improving. Sometimes, of course, they go the opposite way, but but let's hope for things improving. A few other new players as well we haven't talked too much about. I had briefly mentioned Chinese defender Li Mengwen in an earlier episode, and now we also have her fellow countrywoman Yang Lina. I don't really know the level of these two new Chinese players, but more importantly, our coach Sarah Prasher does know those things because he was working in China before relocating back to Europe and coming to Paris. So we need to trust his judgment on this. Another player who has been announced to my great confusion, I have to be honest here, is former Lyon and French national team keeper Sarah Bouadi. A little bit of a controversial character for the purposes of PSG. The former OL player has not been in our good books, I would say, but she's here now. And this brings me to a bit of a grievance I have with this whole thing. I was talking about this on Twitter, but let me just say that the switch that has taken place in the last couple of years where OL ended up with our former PSG keeper Christiane Endler from Chile, who I think it's fair to say is the best in the world, and PSG now with OL keeper Buadi, that is one of the worst exchanges there's ever been in any field of anything. I mean, it wasn't the direct exchange, of course. Endler had her reasons to leave. She didn't want to extend in Paris, but nevertheless... This should act as a message that if you leave a team unattended, even for a brief moment of time, you might end up paying for that for years to come. Someone like a top goalkeeper is not an easy person to replace as we have learned since. PSG women have consistently been at the doorstep of success and even domination both in France and in Europe, which is very close to being the same thing since OL is the top team there is. But every season there's a rebuild needed because another key player leaves. In the last couple of years, especially 
they have left for Lyon, which is a whole nother can of worms. I won't get too much into it. I consider it kind of the same thing if someone from our men's team refused to extend and then went to Marseille for free. But I'm very hopeful that Sabrina Delanoy will change that. And the signs are positive on the whole, I would say. Okay, so I don't get the Buadi deal, but for sure is her old coach and Delanoy, her former national teammate. So I must trust their judgment, despite the fact that we already bought one aging goalkeeper. Now we have Lydia Williams from Arsenal and Australia, who was no longer the starter for either. Buhadi, of course, is in the same category with OL and France, where she isn't really even selected any longer. Great experience with both, but the question is, would one of them have been enough? Because all this happens in a context where one year ago we hired a pretty much all new goalkeepers as well. One of them was fresh Olympic gold medalist Stephanie Labe, who was equally leaning towards the end of her career and actually ended up leaving after half a season, leaving a, a massive hole in our squad. Really a massive respect for Labe, but this was not a great deal for PSG. I, I don't know what the agreement and the understanding had been between the club and herself, but uh, Constance Picard, who had come from Le Havre, was injured the entire season. And during the key moments of the season, when we needed to be on our peak performance, our starter, Borbora Votikova, who is a solid keeper, got a knock that she's yet to recover from. So in the end, Charlotte Vol, who might have been our number four keeper, she's no longer playing for Paris, but... You know, she finished the season pretty much as our only option when we played absolutely huge matches in Champions League and and also the decide, deciding match in the, in the in the division on in France. And in those matches, she was okay. I'm not criticizing her. Actually, this has got very little to do with her. And also, it's true that as far as the injuries go, we can't control them at all. But having had the experience of Labet there towards the end of the season, it would have been nice nonetheless could have helped a little bit. But ever since Endler left, we haven't had a real solution to this key position. We had the best in the world, but she had enough of the unprofessionalism or whatever whatever it was at the time that she was uh, frustrated with. And I'm sure there was a level of, of, of you know, bad practices that, that, that were frustrating. And, and other players have also said the same thing. So it's important that those things have been fixed now. And I don't even know what her precise grievances were, to be honest with you, but there you go. It was a great lost opportunity because if we could have kept her at that time, we would be able to strengthen other position and not have to reinvent the wheel every summer as it seems to be now. So my point is, we pay for the mistakes that we make for years. We must never repeat them. what has happened has happened, but now we just need to start this new time. And I'm hoping that Votikova will be back and get back to her level. I think she's a good goalkeeper. I think she showed it last season before her injury. And beside her, now we have Picot. Williams and Buhadi are all decent in their own way, but the situation remains complex nevertheless, and I have no idea what the expectations of each of these players are and how they will react if their expectations are not met when it comes to playing times and things like this. That's all about that matter, and this isn't a critique as such, because while I don't get Buhadi deal, I trust there are reasons, and I hope that it will work out. At least we have several options. Also about our women's team, well, not directly any longer and every day increasingly so, but since this is something that played a huge part last season, I will say on record, I have seen the situation or the report of it with Aminata Diallo, 
that she would have been taken back into questioning and custody about the Kerahum riot attack. But this case is both complicated as well as sensationalist by its nature, so I keep my opinion or analysis of it to myself for now. There are aspects to this case that make no sense to me. You know, this isn't the story that I've actually wanted to cover uh, because it is absolutely impossible to get the root of it and I don't want to gossip, but I hope that all involved are coping somehow. But it's not just drama and rumors, joy and sorrow with PSG women, also some football, actual football, if you can imagine, was played as PSG traveled to play against Rhodes AF on Saturday afternoon. Most of the new players were traveling, only young Lina wasn't on the list, but quite exciting. The squad is a bit by bit starting to take its shape. In the starting lineup, there were neither huge surprises nor new players. A very professional 4-0, or should we say 0-4, since we were the away team. Goals by Diani Karshawi and two goals by Kraskeoro. Next match for the team is in the Champions League qualifier against Swedish side Beko Hacken from Gothenburg, which is another lovely city in the north of Europe. Now, it's a massive joke that PSG, as the runner-up of the most contested championship in women's football in Europe, has to qualify to the group stage, but uh, the same was the case with Lyon last year after our title-winning season. We will play two matches against Hacken, first home and week later in Sweden. For now, I'm not concerned with the qualification. It should not be in any way impossible thing to do and achieve. But of course, these are two extra matches that are going to make this next month quite congested schedule-wise. And we play two matches a week against better-rested domestic sites such as Fleury and Le Havre and... Uh, if there's one thing you need to know about women's Diane in France, it is that dropping one point might entirely compromise your chance for the title. PSG and OL are good, but also under tremendous pressure for the whole season because for years we have been neck and neck there with the winner chosen by a minuscule margins. But all this is doable. Hopefully pressure gets the system working and we can avoid injuries and rotate strategically. It is not impossible to get full points and continue both domestic as well as European campaigns well positioned for the future. That is all for now. Thank you so much for listening to the PSG review. Once more, you can like, share, subscribe, rate, review to help us with the algorithms. That will be greatly appreciated. For now, it's time to say cheers. Take care of yourself and the ones around you. Peace. <laughs>